that's good stuff right there. Welcome to Heritage. And I'll tell you what, that's a great way to jump into the message. We are in Jonah chapter number four this morning. We are finishing up a study in the book of Jonah, and we're going to go through the whole entire chapter. Don't let that make you nervous, all right? We move quick. We move quick here at Heritage, and so we're excited about uh getting finished in this book here. I'm going to have them raise the lights a little bit, Mr. Larry, if you don't mind raising the lights up so folks can see their Bibles if they like to follow along in the in the Word. A lot of the Scripture will be on the screen if you didn't bring a Bible. Hey, good morning. And so we're going to jump into Jonah chapter number 4. We're going to cover all 11 verses. And just so you know, just so you're aware, we go verse by verse through the books of the Bible here at Heritage, next chapter, next verse. So here's what I'm gonna tell you. Some of you are new here. You're like, man, I wonder what they talk about. I can tell you what we talk about. It's the same thing. We talk about what the Bible says. This is what we do, right? You're not gonna come in one week and hear a Bible message, and the next week you're gonna come in and hear some political point of view, and then next week you're gonna come in and hear my hobby horse, and the next week you're gonna come in and hear my opinion on a latest news story. Here's, it's a little, it's a little monotonous, but I'll say, you're gonna come in this week, you're gonna hear the Bible. Guess what? You're gonna come in next week as you're gonna hear. Shocker the Bible. You're going to come in the next week, and you're going to hear the Bible. Next chapter, next verse, we say, what does God say? Because honestly, I'm a man. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm trying to grow in the grace of God, and so it really doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God says, though. And what we do every single Sunday is we come together, and we look at the Scripture, and we say, what is God trying to teach us not what am I trying to teach you. What is God trying to teach us? And we look to his word for guidance and for direction. And so we go verse by verse, next chapter, next verse. We are in Jonah chapter number four this morning. The title of the message is simply this. I'm angry with God. I'm angry with God. Jonah chapter four, verses one through 11. I'm gonna read the entire uh chapter here just so we can get some context and then we'll dive back in and kind of unpack what it means and what God is teaching us today. It says in verse number one, it says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Verse three says, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Verse 7, but when, when the dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked scorching, uh, scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Verse 9, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be ang angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did make, you made it grow, which came into being in a night and perish in a day. Verse 11, and should not I pity Nineveh, 
that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. If we were to sum up this passage here this morning, kind of in a sentence, if you and I were to walk into an elevator and you were to say, hey, how are you? And I say, good, my name is Steve, I'm a pastor. Because if you were in an elevator with me, it wouldn't take me five seconds to tell you I'm a pastor and you should come to my church, amen? That's kind of how I am. And so we got an elevator and you said, hey, what are you preaching on this Sunday? I said, I'm preaching on Jonah chapter number four. And you said, okay, tell me before I get off this elevator what Jonah chapter number four is all about. I would say, absolutely. Absolutely, and I wrote it down here. This is, if we summed it up, it would be this statement, that God asked Jonah a rhetorical question. After Jonah expressed great anger and responded selfishly towards God when Nineveh was spared punishment. Now, let me take like two seconds more than that, and and kind of do a little recap here. So for those that maybe don't know the whole story of Jonah, there was a guy named Jonah. He was a prophet. God told him to go to Nineveh. He said, no way. Ran the other way. Tried to run away from God. God didn't let him run. Praise God that God doesn't let us run. He stops us. Amen. And, and he tried to jump off a ship, said, I'm done. Tried to uh, uh, kill himself and take his life. God said, nope. He whispered into a big fish, his ears. And the fish said, got it. The fish ran over, swallowed up Jonah. Jonah sat in the belly of the fish for three days, realizing, wow, I'm out of options. I don't know what to do anymore. I can't run anymore. And sometimes God brings us to a place where we are out of options, where he is the only option. Jonah finally said, mm, I could sit here for the rest of my life or I could get my heart right and I could repent and tell God I'm going to go to Nineveh. He tells God I'm going to go to Nineveh and then God whispers the fish again and the fish says, God it, God. He spits Jonah out onto the beach. There's Jonah. Doesn't waste any time. He's wrapped in seaweed. He's all uh, covered in whale's vomit, but he runs to Nineveh. He walks into Nineveh and preaches an eight-word sermon. Some of you are wishing I'd preach that Jonah sermon every now and then, that eight-word sermon, but not today. It's not an eight-word sermon today, but he preaches an eight-word sermon, and revival happens. The entire city uh, comes to know the Lord, and there's great rejoicing. That's chapters one, chapter two, and chapter Chapter three, then we get to chapter four, and you would think that a pastor, a prophet, a preacher who goes into a city, preaches an eight-word sermon, and then all of a sudden, all these people get saved, were really, really, would be really excited, but we see his reaction in, in verse number one of chapter four, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. That makes sense. He was mad about the fact that Nineveh had repented. And so God comes to him and he asks him this question. The question is this, what question did God ask Jonah? The question was simply, and the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? As in, why are you angry? It's rhetorical. God, by the way, God knew the answer to the question, right? Let me tell you something right now. God doesn't ask you questions he doesn't already know the answer to, okay? But he asked Jonah a question. He says, hey, why are you so angry? Does it do well for you to, to be angry? You see, we see here that Jonah was angry with God. How do we know that? Verse number one of our chapter, it says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Well, the question is, who was he angry at? He wasn't angry at Nineveh. He wasn't angry at the whale. He was angry with God, because of what God did in changing the lives of the people of Nineveh. Now, I got a problem with that. Here's the question I want to know. How could Jonah be angry with God? 
How in the world? Why? You say, well, how, why, would, why would it be a perplexing question? I'll tell you why. Because God was merciful to Jonah when he ran. Reminder, in chapter one, we see in verses one through three, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But, verse three, Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This is the same guy, the same guy who's angry with God right now is the same guy that ran from God and God in his mercy and his grace didn't stomp out Jonah like a little cockroach, didn't flick him, like a little fly, he graciously waited for Jonah to come to his senses. He prepared a fish and in his mercy and in his grace brought him back. This is the same person, Jonah, who God saved from death. It's, we find this in chapter one and verse 17. It says, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The alternative to him being in the belly of the fish was death. He was going to sink to the bottom of the ocean and God in his mercy and in his grace brought a fish to save Jonah's life. God also gave Jonah a second chance. We see this in chapter three and verse number one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the what? Second time. So wait a minute. You're telling me that you, Jonah, are mad at God, the God who was merciful to you when you ran, the God who saved you when you were going to die, and the God who gave you a second chance. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking this statement, if God did all that for me, I would never get angry with him. I mean, if God saved me, if God was merciful to me, if God gave me a second chance, there is no way that I'm ever going to get mad and angry at that God. But can I remind you this morning, God has been merciful to us. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is merciful to us. Let me remind you, God did save us from death. The Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Let me remind you this morning that God has given us a second chance. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, it says, but God showed his love to us that while we were yet sinners, not good people going to church, not trying to make things right, not trying to be moral, not trying to turn over a new leaf, while you were like in your sin, like your hand was in the sin cookie jar and God walked in and you were like, oh no, right? God said, that's okay, I'm not going to punish you, I'm not going to scold you, I'm going to die for you, I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to give you a second chance, though you deserve to be separated from me. Though you have sinned against me, I'm going to redeem. Let me remind you this morning, hey, God's been merciful, praise God. God has given us a second chance, praise God. God has delivered us from death. So don't be quick to judge old Jonah because sometimes even though God's been merciful to us, though he's been gracious to us, though he's given us a second chance, though he has saved us from death, in this room, I guarantee you, there's some people right now who are mad at God. You're mad at God. You're angry with God. You see, anger is often a secondary emotion. 
If you, if you study any type of counseling, we have some counselors in, in the room. They would agree with this. It's not always a secondary emotion, but a lot of times anger is a secondary emotion, as in it's an emotion that's expressed because of another emotion. And the expression of that emotion is anger. Anger is like an iceberg. You can see the top of it a little bit, but there's so much more underneath. Matter of fact, uh, Daryl Province, he's the CEO of Agape Christian Counseling uh, Services. He said this, and I put it on the screen. You may not be able to see it, but I'll read it to you, okay? It's a lot of words. He says, anger can be very often the signal that sometimes that signals something is wrong with us, with our relationships, in our physiological life, emotional life, or thought life. Anger is a secondary emotion. Underneath anger, there is usually a variety of other feelings and accompanying thoughts. Among these precursors to anger are fear, frustration, pain, disappointment, shame, guilt, embarrassment, grief, depression, loneliness, fatigue, anxiety, and confusion. Although that's not an exhaustive list, he says, there are usually several of those present in any single episode of anger or in the case of an individual's anger. And it's interesting as we, as we approach this idea of saying, well, you know, Jonah was angry with God, and there are times when we can be angry with God. The question is, is not necessarily that Jonah was angry that we have to look at. We have to look a little deeper. We have to ask this question, why are you angry with God? Why? I'm angry with God, okay? What's the real reason why? What's the deeper emotion that you feel? See, some of us in this room, we say, I'm angry with God, and we say statements like, well, if God, because God, well, when God. Our anger stems from our relationship with God and the way that we think that God treated us, and we say, well, if God would have given me that job, If God would have helped my marriage succeed, if God would have allowed that diagnosis not to come, and because God allowed this to happen, or because God didn't stop this, we we look at God and we say, well, when God changes my circumstances, and when God does something different for me, and when God uh, uh, changes uh, something in my life, or when God does this, then I will stop being angry with him. And we're angry with God, and it's not the anger that's the first emotion, it's something deeper, it's when God, it's because God, it's because if God, and there's something in your life, and you and God have this barrier that's causing you to be angry because God did something, or you think God allowed something, or God didn't stop something, and because of that, you don't understand, you don't know where to turn, and so you look at God, and you say, God, I don't know where to feel, I don't know why you're allowing this to happen to me, but God, I'm angry with you. Because you, When you, if you, angry with God. So the question as we look at anger, being angry with God with Jonah is not, was Jonah angry with God? But we have to ask the same question. Why was Jonah angry with God? Why was he? What was the root cause of his anger? We see number one, one of the reasons why he was angry with God is because he made an assumption about God. He made an assumption. And I'm going to take, we started the Bible here, so you got to, we're going to jump into like the deep end just for a minute, all right? Okay, all right? So you guys ready? You got, you got your floaties on? Here we go, all right, okay? We're going to jump in because we have to tie in 
the, the, the entire book to, to understand what we mean by he made an assumption uh, from the Lord. I want you to look at verse number one of our, of our passage. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and, and he was very angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. So breaking news here. We have breaking news here. We finally find out why Jonah fled, okay? So we had to, like, read all throughout the whole book from chapter 1 to chapter 4 to try to find out exactly what happened. And we get a little insight finally in chapter number 4 where Jonah says, God, I know why. I'm going to tell you why I fled. And we see Jonah's confused about God's plan. God's message didn't match God's mercy. What do we mean by that? Okay, here's the message that God told Jonah to say to the people of Nineveh, Jonah chapter three and verse number four. It says, and he called out yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The second time, here we go now, the second time that Jonah came uh, to Nineveh or went to Nineveh, God came to him, God said, I want you to say this eight word sermon. Now, what we learned in chapter four is what we didn't know in chapter one, all right? Now, I'm excited about this. I love the Bible. I got really, like, geeked up about this. So, like, if you don't get excited about it, just nod and smile with me and act like you're excited with me, okay? So this is really cool. So, so in Jonah chapter one, we see that God comes to Jonah, but we don't know all the exchange between God and Jonah. Chapter four, we see a little bit of the exchange, as in we find out that the reason why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh is because he knew that God would save the Ninevites. And the Ninevites were the enemies of Israel, as in they did not like each other at all. They didn't heart each other's Instagram posts. They didn't like each other's Facebook posts. They, were, they probably had each other blocked on social media, right? They did not like each other at all. And so Jonah said, oh, you want me to go to Nineveh? Mm-mm, God, because I know what you're going to do. You're a God of mercy and grace. You're going to save them, and I'm not going to be responsible for changing the hearts of the enemies of Israel. I'm not going because I know what you're going to do. Now here's what happens. He gets in the whale, spits out of the whale on the shore, and God says, now I want you to go again. And he says, okay, God, I'll go. And God says this. God says, I want you to tell them in 40 days they're going to die. And Jonah's like, ho, 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 ho. I can tell them that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can tell them that, God, no problem. Imagine Jonah walking in, right? He was glad to share that message. He walks in and <laughs> In 40 days, y'all gonna die. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Y'all better run, 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 run. Right? And so imagine Jonah's shock when he walks in to the, to the city and he says, y'all gonna die 40 days, woo, man. God finally listened to me. He knew how I felt about you and he told me to tell you a message and y'all gonna die. I'm just gonna sit here and watch it. I'm gonna be a hero in Israel. I was the one responsible for killing all the enemies of Israel. And all of a sudden, one guy gets saved and another guy follows Christ. And Jonah's like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what's supposed to happen. And we see chapter four and verse one, and Jonah was exceedingly angry. Why? Because he thought God was gonna do something different. He made an assumption about what God was going to do. And his assumption 
You see, the, when you study out the passage, did God ever say he was, he was going to destroy Nineveh? Nope. Jonah just assumed he would. And we see it's important to understand that when we come to God, we have to be careful because God knew how Jonah felt. Verse number two says, and he prayed to the Lord and said, oh Lord, this is not what I said. I was yet in my country. This is why I made haste to, to flee. You see, the strongest anger can come from the smallest assumptions. From the smallest assumptions. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse number 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope is a confident expectation that something is going to happen. And the Bible teaches when that hope, when that expectation is deferred, as in it changes, it makes the heart sick. The strongest anger comes from the smallest assumption. Another word to use is disappointment. Disappointment. And we get angry at God because something happens in our life that is disappointing. We had hope. We had a confident expectation that it was going to happen this way. And we thought we had God on our side. We thought we had God in our back pocket. We thought, man, I see how God's going to work. It's always going to be like this. It's always going to happen like this. Everything's going to be what it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, God does something different than what we assumed he was going to do. And we look at God and we get angry. My wife and I, we're, we're thankful we were able to move into a home this past week. We bought a home. We're here for a long time. So praise God for that. And we're thankful for that. Now, a couple of things. We bought a home. It's out in the country. It's a little rural. I'm going to tell you this right now. I am the least rural country person you will ever meet in your whole life. And I'm not lying about that at all. I don't know how to fix things. I don't, I'll tell you in about five years if this is like a midlife crisis or not. I'll tell you. I don't know what's happening here. But we moved out in the country. And so they're teaching you that country living, some of you may know this, country living is different than city living a little bit, right? You have this thing called a septic tank, right? You have a well, right? I'm asking all kinds of like, you know, newbie country living questions. Like, well, what happens if like the water runs out? What, what happens if, like, I'm just asking these people and all these, all my neighbors are like, hey, you need, they could tell, they feel bad for me. They could tell, they're like, hey man, you need anything, man. Like you... <laughs> You just call me, all right? Like, I'm gonna check on you once a day, all right? And so, and so we went through the inspection and the inspector said, oh, there's this one thing you gotta switch and, and there's a, a well and the well kind of brings in, you know, it's unfiltered water. And so you have to filter the water with a, wa like a whole house water filter. Some of you are with me, some are like, yeah, I'm telling you, country living. So there's this little piece, and he showed me, he told me. He said, look, come over here. What is that? He said, take this little thing, go like this, put the filter in, turn it on, you're good. I'm like, this country living stuff is easy. Right? So I moved into the house. We closed the house. I move in. I said, well, let me get my, you know, got my trucker hat on, you know, got my boots on. Let me go downstairs and change that water filter. Right? I'm a country man now. I thought this is going to be easy. I unscrewed it, put the filter in, turned it on. Yeah. All right. My wife, she don't know, man. I got some, I got a little bit of that country living in me. And I turned the water back on and it starts leaking. That's okay. That's all right. Must not screw it on right. Let me unscrew it. Stop the water. Turn it on. Put it back on. Put it up there. Turn it on. It starts leaking again. Leaking again. So now I'm thinking, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Man, I'm new. I'm new at this. 
All right? I'm like, you know, not my, you know, I, I got to true it in, right? So I try, I'm trying, I'm trying. Finally, fi- finally, my wife realizes that I'm down there a little bit longer than I should be to change the filter, you know? She kind of does one of those, everything good? You know? Like she knows not everything is good, but she says it in a way to not come across abra- abrasive, you know? Everything good down there? And I'm like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> so... So finally, and then all of a sudden now I'm like, so I try it again. I put it on, put the bucket on. I, now I have a bucket. I'm trying to catch the water, right, because I don't trust it. I got a bucket. And, and now I'm like, now I turn it on. It's leaking again. And now I'm like, now she can hear like the little, I'm like, oh, man, what's the problem? I don't understand. This is a, and she, everything okay, dear? Yeah, it's fine. Fine. Right? Yeah, I don't understand. Turn it, turn it. What's going on? So then I, don't you know what I did? I pulled out my phone. I looked up YouTube videos. <laughs> Come on now. I said, I, I got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and that is YouTube. I pulled it up. If you look at my YouTube, like, search history, it'll, all kinds of stuff. How do you screw in a, a faucet? How do you fix this? What happens if a bear attacks you? All this different stuff, right? Okay. And so I look up, and I'm seeing this guy, and he's doing what I think I'm supposed to do. I'm like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? I'm doing, I'm screwing it. And then finally, Becky comes down, and she kind of pieces, everything good, right? Yeah, it's fine. And I said, I don't know what's going on. And so then she, so she says, why don't you call somebody? I'm, she, she goes, my sister has one of these. You should call them. I, I say, I'm not calling your sister when it comes to my home. This is my home, Right? And so she lovingly is sitting there, and she's, she's on, so then she goes on YouTube, and she's looking up, you know, she got the volume down. Have you, she's going, have you tried this valve over here like this? Right? Finally, she's on the phone with her sister. I'm on YouTube. I can't do it. And it went from, man, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. Literally, about an hour later, I said, I said to Becky, I don't want to live in the country anymore. I'm done. I'm, 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 fed, I'm fed up. I finally got it, though. Finally, after about an hour and a half, I just wasn't doing one thing right, and I remember the glorious moment that I screwed it on. I, t- I hit the water, and I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm sweating, you know? There is water everywhere in the basement, right? And finally, I was like, I think we got it, babe. I think we're good. We're good. Amen. Amen. We're good. You know, I'll tell you, you know why I got so angry? I'll tell you why. Because I went in to that situation with these two words. I thought. I thought. I thought it would be easy. I thought it would take me a minute. I thought it would all work out. And the longer it wasn't working the way that I thought, the angrier I got. You know why sometimes we get angry with God? Because we walk into life with these two words. I thought. I thought my marriage would always continue. I thought I would never leave this job. I thought that relationship was the one. I thought that I would never have to hear those words. 
I thought I would never have to deal with that situation. And we can sit here this morning, and I'm glad you're here in God's house. But let's be honest this morning. In life, sometimes we get angry with God because we thought something. We had an assumption about God. And we thought, man, if I go to church, and if I follow God, and if I read the Bible, and if I pray, and if I try to be a good person, it should work out this way. And it didn't. And now we're angry. Because we made an assumption. We walked into life with saying, I thought. We see Jonah's confession. He says, verse number two, he says, For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Listen, just because you thought something would happen doesn't mean that God has changed who he is. Just because you thought it was supposed to work out that way doesn't mean that God is against you. Jonah declared, he confessed the truth about God right there. He says, I know I thought something, but I know who you are. I know you're a gracious God. I know you're slow to anger. I know that you're merciful. We see he was angry with God because he had an assumption about God. But number two, he was angry with God, and we see that he ignored a question from God. Notice in verse number three, it says this, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. We see an irrational decision here. Jonah is so angry at God. He's so mad at God, he starts saying irrational statements. He literally says, God, I am so angry with what you did. I want you to go ahead and I want you to take my life. Let me say this on the screen here. We often respond irrationally when we are overwhelmed emotionally. Let me say it this way. Let me say it in a way that's like less like preacher packaged, okay? Let me say it this way. And I have it in my notes here. We make decisions that make no sense. A little less preacher package there, isn't it? Right? It's amazing to me how even in my own life sometimes when something happens to us and, 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 we, and, and we are overwhelmed and we get mad and an assumption happens, we all of a sudden start doing things and acting in ways we never thought we would act or do. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought that person had some sense. What happened to his sense? You're making a decision that makes no sense. I'll tell you, sometimes it's like this. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I was trying to move forward for God, and I was trying to live for him, and then all of a sudden at my work, something happened. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop going to church. Can I just say something? In that moment, I might say, well, you know, man, we pray for you. I encourage you to be in God's house. I encourage It's important to be in God's house. What I want to say is, hey, come here, come here, come here. that makes no sense. Why would you do that? And we see an irrational decision made by Jonah. We also see, though, an insightful question from God. He says, and the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Let me, let me, let me break it down what God was saying here. God was asking Jonah this, this statement. Is your anger making things better? Okay, fine. You're angry. You had an assumption you had something that you thought was gonna happen and now you're angry about it. It didn't happen your way and now you're angry. Here's what God is saying. Is your anger making things better in your life? And that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Is me being angry with God helping me in any way in my life? And then we see uh, Jonah here in verse five, an inconsolable response. It says this. So God asked Jonah this question. Right? Watch this. Go back, Larry, if you would. Uh, one verse, would you? Verse four. God asked Jonah this, this question here. 
In verse number four, you got it, Larry? Uh, there, thank you, Larry. It says this, and the Lord said, do, do you do well to be angry? So if God asks you a question, you might want to respond, right? Look at the next verse. What's he say? Jonah went out of the city. <laughs> you know what Jonah did? He ignored God's voice. You see, God was trying to speak to him. God was trying to get the focus off of Jonah. And Jonah didn't want to hear it. And how often are we angry with God and somebody comes along or God speaks to us and he speaks truth and we ignore it? Because we just, we don't want to get better. We just want to stay angry. And here is Jonah. He says, and Jonah went out to the city and notice what he does here in verse number five. His anger kept him waiting. Verse number five says, Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under the shade. This is literally what Jonah did. Jonah comes out of the city and he literally finds a spot. Here, you, you tracking me, uh, live stream? All right, here we go. He, and he, he literally finds a spot and he says, I'm angry. Man, God didn't do what I thought he was going to do. And so instead of like moving on with my life, by the way, Jonah could have left. He could have gone home. But instead, he was so angry, he said, nope. I'm sitting right here. And the Bible says this, he waited. And what it says in the verse, and Jonah went out to the city, and he sat in the east of the city, and he said, he sat under a shade till he would see what would become of the city. You see, you know what anger does when you're angry with God? It makes you stay in the same spot. In the same spot. And you know what it does? His anger kept him waiting, but his anger kept him watching. He didn't care about what's going on over here. What does it say? What does it say? He sat under the tree of the shade till he should see what would become of the city. He was so angry with God that he didn't care about anything else. He said, Ronald, you're Nineveh. Okay? All right. Sorry, man. You're right here. He just looked at Ronald. He said, okay, I got to tell you, I can't believe that that guy got to say, I can't believe that that's happening in that city. I can't believe. He's, he waited. How many, hey, how many Christians right now? Come on now. How many Christians, this is their life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you're so angry with what God didn't give you, you just sit there and wait and watch. And you're going nowhere. See, the longer you stay angry, the longer you stay stu stuck. The longer you stay angry, the longer you stay stuck. Come on, I'm preaching some truth here down this morning. I'll tell you what, some of you right now, listen, your whole life, man, you had a life plan for you. You had a purpose plan for you. God has something for you, and something happened to you. Something didn't go the way that you thought God should make it go, and... And people come along and they try to help you. Hey, why don't you come, why don't you come and join us in a small group? No, I, I got I got I gotta watch this. Hey, why, hey, why don't you come and join us and, and why don't you grow? And why don't you, man, I'll tell you, it's it's been a while now. I mean, it's been a long time since that situation happened. Don't talk to me. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I I have to sit here and I'm angry and I'm gonna wait and I'm not gonna do anything else but look at the anger, and all I'm gonna do as I wait and as I watch is get angrier and angrier and angrier because that person hurts you, and all you do is you doom scroll on their Facebook feed, and you think, I can't believe they're having so much fun. I can't believe they're enjoying life. I hate them. I'll tell you what, I hope they fall down and hit their face. I hope they burn themselves on their coffee. And God is like, hey, what about the life I gave you? You're so worried about their life. 
and you're so angry with them, hey, I've blessed you. I've helped you. I've encouraged you. But all that's what we do. You know what we do? All right, here we go. And so many Christians, they live their lives like this. Angry. Look at him. Look at that green shirt. Look at the way he smiles. Fake smile, that is. Look at him. Got his wife next to him, huh? Got some folks with him. Okay, I see. Trying to show it off, huh, Mr. Ronald, huh? Okay. I see how it is. We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now he's looking at me. I don't even like that. You laughing at me? That's what we do. I'm telling you, God, can I say this to you this morning? I love you as a pastor. God has more for you than that. God has more for you than that. God has more. I've never ran off the stage like that before, so I didn't know what to do. I'm back. He says this, verse, Proverbs 28 and verse 13, it says this very, very quickly. It says, whoever conceals his transgression, what's it say? Will not prosper. Just stuck. Oh, it saddens me as a pastor when I see people just stuck. They're just stuck. Angry. God is more for you than that. We see he was angry because he made an assumption about God. He ignored a question from God. But then we see finally this morning he was given a perspective by God. Verses 6 to 11 talk about God's provision in verse number 6. I love this. If you permit just a little more time, I want to share this, the beautiful ending, how God brings this all together. So beautiful what God does. It says in verse number six, and, the, and now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from the discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Oh, I love this. This is, hey, I'll tell you, let's get this statement together on the screen. Hey, God provides when I'm glad and he provides when I'm mad. He provides when I'm glad and he provides when I'm mad. You see, what God did was, <clears throat> Jonah, I'm going to do it again. Sorry, okay? You can't. I got to put this down here quick. Hold on. This is what God did. Jonah was sitting there. He was stuck. He was stuck. <laughs> there he is again. <laughs> Taking notes. <laughs> look, trying to look spiritual, aren't you? Huh? Taking notes, huh, Ronald? Oh, Mr. Note-taker over there, isn't he? <laughs> okay, right? And as, God, as Jonah sat there in his anger, there you got verse 6 on there, verse 6. God in his mercy, you know what God did? God provided some shade for him. Hmm. God provided a little comfort for him. He knew what, we, what Jonah was going through. He knew. But even in that moment, God provided some shade. Can I tell you this? When we were at our worst, God provided his best. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 on the screen here, but God showed his love 
and that while we were yet sinners, Christ provided some shade for us. Listen, this morning, you might be angry with God. I'll tell you, he knows that. But what God wants to do in your life is bring you to a place of comfort where even though you're still angry, you're reminded of how good God is. God provides us the shade. I'm thankful in my life, there are times where I've been angry with God and God just loved me anyway. There's times in my life where I've disappointed God and he loved me anyway. There's times in my life where I ran from God and he provided shade for me anyway. And he's, we see here, he reminds Jonah. He says, Jonah, I'm providing the shade. But then the next day, God takes it away. I got to run over here again. Sorry. <laughs> he takes it away. And Jonah's mad. He says, God, you provided the shade. And then you took it away. And God says to him, verse number seven, he says, but when the day was dawn, it came up the next, God appointed a worm and attacked the plant so that it withered. Verse eight, it moves on. It says, when the sun came, God appointed scorching wind. You see, God was trying to get Jonah's attention. He's trying to show him something, trying to show him a perspective. You see, sometimes God's plan is to remove what we have received. Sometimes we can get angry because we think, well, God gave that to me. And if God gave it to me, why is he taking it away? Kind of reminds you of what it says in Job chapter 1 and verse number 21. It says, and he said, Job, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whew. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, God was trying to teach Jonah something. And the final lesson that God taught Jonah was simply this, that he wanted to show Jonah that Jonah cared more about a plant than he did about people. That he was so infatuated with this plant that he forgot about the people of Nineveh, who God says there was 120,000 who didn't know their right hand from their left. What he's talking about there, many, if you look at the commentators, what they're talking about is children. 120,000 children, probably the age of two and under. As in, what God was teaching Jonah in this, in this one part, he said, Jonah, if I would have done what you would have wanted, there would have been people who are guilty, yes, but there also would have been people who were innocent. They were innocent. And sometimes in our life, our anger towards God blinds us of the innocent people around us. We're angry. We're upset. And we want to stay there and sit and look and wait and watch. And what we don't realize is there are people around us being affected because of our anger. 
Because if you don't move forward, they maybe can't move forward. If you stay angry, then your marriage won't ever thrive. If you stay focused in on what happened to you, then there will be things in your life and people in your life who will never able to get the best part of you. Oh, they might get a moment here or there where you're willing to take your eyes off for a second, but they'll never get the full best part of who God made you. And so this morning, we understand we can be angry with God, but God will provide for us the grace to release that anger. This morning, I just want to ask you a couple questions and simple decisions before we go. First of all, maybe your decision today is to let go of your assumptions towards God. Maybe in your life you have an assumption or had an assumption and you just can't believe that that happened to you. You can't believe that God would do that. Maybe this morning you let go of that assumption. Maybe for some of you this morning, you would ask God to help you release your anger. Maybe that'd be your prayer. God, I'm angry. I'm angry with you. I'm angry with people. I'm angry with life. God, I need your grace to release that anger. Give me the strength to release that anger in my life. And maybe for some of you, the decision today is to pray and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never made a decision to accept Christ. We've read several verses that says, but God showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this morning, maybe your decision is to make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, to go from death to life by simply calling upon the Lord. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this morning, you don't have to be uber-religious or absolutely moral. All you have to do is be breathing. And if you're breathing, then God wants to save you. And this morning, if you come to God and say, God, I'm a sinner, I need to be saved, and I'm asking you to be my Savior, the Bible teaches that God will save you and forgive you, and you can begin a real relationship with Jesus Christ today. Maybe that's your decision this morning. I don't know how God spoke to you, but I pray that you open up your heart and mind and receive whatever it is he has for your life. Can we pray together?